0: Hi and welcome back to another episode of the RCVS podcast. Today we've actually taken the podcast on the road to talk to Jade Stat, um, the first person to be awarded the RCVS Impact Award and co-founder of Street Vet, um, that provides free and accessible veterinary care to homeless pet owners. We're actually at Oakwood Veterinary Surgery where Jade is treating Buddy, a dog who was in a road traffic accident and is undergoing hydrotherapy as part of his treatment. So thank you very much for joining us, Jade. Uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, so this us talk about if you and your colleague, Sam, actually set up Street Fest. and um, what in- prompted you to do that?
1: Uh, so we had similar stories, but separate, we didn't actually know each other. Um, so I had gone out um, on my own uh, with a backpack, oh man, it was about October 2016. Um, And I actually didn't um, meet Sam until sort of later on that year. We met each other through Facebook basically. He had done some posts and was calling himself Street Vet and (laughs) I was also calling myself Street Vet. So we met up, had a coffee and realised we should probably work together. So we founded Street Vet as a a not-for-profit organisation in April
0: 2017. And Were there any obstacles, kind of expected or unexpected, as a Vet getting into this new area?
1: I think I was really quite naive, um, in terms of I remember telling my husband, yeah, I'm just gonna put a backpack on, you know, I'm gonna do this one day a month and you know. <laughs> it'll it will will be look, yeah, it'll be completely low key. And um yeah, it's I guess I I probably underestimated the need. Um and I also underestimated just how much the profession was gonna get behind it. And both of those things have, yeah, been uh, well, I've catapulted it into a different sphere from what I set out to do at all. Um, And I think Sam would would feel the same way. Um, So I guess the surprises for us uh, were definitely uh, finding out that although there are obviously charities and means for which people can go, they're not accessing that help. And the reason they're not accessing that help were for reasons I had not even thought of. You know, like uh, they don't want to leave their pitch, you know, they don't want to leave their stuff they don't want to feel intimidated inside a waiting room, they don't want to, you know, there's a a social anxiety sometimes, being asked for a donation, and how do you prove you're homeless, you know, um, there's no, it's a bit of a kind of grey zone really, Um, are you on benefits, no, can you afford to pay, no, you know, you're kind of in that, in um, between a rock and a hard place, so I then found that there was this real need for people going up and just there's no impetus for them to do anything we're just coming up to to help and that act of kindness was yeah just in, incredibly rewarding and
0: for a lot of people that dog will be the thing that they brought with them after they lost their accommodation so it might Absolutely. be the only constant
1: i think there is a lot of stigma attached to you know or or guess maybe not stigma but just lack of understanding as to where these dogs come from you know people think that you know uh they're acquiring them when they're on the street there are some you know I'm not going to say that doesn't happen but the majority of these dogs are actually elderly dogs and when you actually have the conversation they're potentially their last connection to their previous life when they did have a house or they didn't have a job some of them it's the last connection they have to their family um, so you you can't underestimate just what these dogs mean to these people
0: so it's a dog actually taking care of the people as much as the other way around
1: 100% I mean it's it's completely symbiotic relationship um, and, I mean again I don't want to over kind of say but my experience is you know 90% of these people are on the street because they won't leave their dog um, and I'm sure if you were to ask Holly if she was in a situation that you know they couldn't keep their temporary accommodation they, they wouldn't give a buddy up
0: No mm-hmm. And, to, and so, what was the response when you started talking to your fellow colleagues about this? To vets and vet nurses asking them
1: to volunteer? Um, oh, asking them to volunteer, a uh, not not a problem. I mean, our inbox is permanently um full of people that want to do this, which is, is amazing, and it's how, it's what Street Bits all about, as far as I'm concerned. As well as obviously wanting to help the dogs, I felt really strongly, as did Sam, that we wanted to be, you know, a volunteer platform for the UK because. At the moment it's very easy to to give back freely as a vet but also be um not in putting yourself in any kind of professional risk you know so obviously you can go abroad but you know doing it here and doing it keeping to all the regulations making sure you're doing everything you know as you should and knowing that you know you're professionally signed on that front wasn't an easy thing to do and i think when sam and i first started doing this we're like Wow, this is actually quite a lot of work. Like to actually make this um, an RCS practice, which is what we are now. Um, there was a lot of hoops um, to jump. More than I, ever... I mean, I didn't. I, I had a VMD inspection in my garage. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm now, I'm now like you know learning about social media and how to create a website and how to do media interviews and TV and just stuff that you know. Not in my wildest dreams did did we think that we were going to have to do. It has been like the steepest learning curve ever, Um, but you know, it's been a journey and uh, yeah, the the support's been amazing.
0: Yeah, that's something I found really interesting actually, what you mentioned about volunteering abroad, because I imagine for a lot of people, vets or any other profession you think about, it, the need is being elsewhere, but actually yeah. bringing it to lots of different cities and allowing people to volunteer where they live must yeah. make a huge difference.
1: I think that, you know, the concept of street vet, we've all done it. We mm-hmm. have every single vet and nurse I don't believe has not walked past somebody with a dog in the street and thought, I really wish I could help them. Like, mm-hmm. I totally could. If I had the stuff in my bag, I could go up, you know. And it was for me, one particular <laughs> night, I just met this guy in Soho and his dog had a bad skin problem. And it was at that point I was like, right. This is silly. I could actually fix that, you know, um, if I had the the means to do it. So, the concept, you know, Sam and I, it's not original. It's not anything. I guess it's just having the grit, the grit uh, and determination to make it into a proper, I guess, format in which everybody was able to. I mean, we can just basically take the the format of Street Vet and hand it over to different cities, which is you know, how this is working now. It's their street vet, you know, people are volunteering and then making it, you know, theirs in a different city, which is, yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, what would you say to any vet nurse who is considering starting up something similar or a completely different kind of volunteering programme that might be put off by the red tape that you mentioned? Do you have any kind of advice or thoughts for them?
1: I think um, the vet profession, I think it's changing and I think that there's a, a real kind of positive sort of wave associated with sort of looking at different ways in which you can help different ways in which you can use you know, I'm going to coin the phrase that Ebony uses, but your veterinary passport you know, mm. there are other things that you can do and that, I never thought that what Sam and I started to do would end up where it is now and that has happened because everybody got behind what we want to do, the public included um, so I think you know, uh, it, it will be you know, as people say, you know, you never just look at the end point and think, oh, that was really easy. It's not easy. You have days where you do not want to do Think, Why did I start this? It's taking over my life. I mean, I'm at a point I'm potentially going to stop working and do this full time if I can. But, um, you know, the, the end point, there's just always going to be ups and downs and you will have days that you think, uh, what am I doing? And <laughs> um, <laughs> You this. know, but... Yeah. Uh, as, uh, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it is definitely the the most rewarding part of my career so far, no question.
0: And this is where I embarrass you by talking <laughs> about how you are actually the very first winner of our RCVS Impact Award. It's a brand new award, um, along with the Inspiration one. And how did it feel when you were told that, well, A, you'd been nominated and B, you'd won?
1: Yeah, I mean... I'll be honest, I'm not going to lie, my husband kind of brought this envelope that said RCVS,
0: Private <laughs> and Confidential,
1: upstairs, and I was just like... Ah. No. And he was looking at me as I opened it, and obviously my face looked really kind of horrified and shocked, and then he was just, a it?" and I was just like, I've won an award. <laughs> he was just like, what? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, it was a very unexpected and, um, yeah, very overwhelming uh, thing to to be recognized by your profession, recognized by your peers for something that, you know, uh, as rewarding for me anyway, doing it anyway, never mind to be acknowledged by, you know, by the profession. Yeah, it was very humbling, I have to say.
0: Yeah, well, many congratulations, thank it's been you. very well earned, um, and short little plug, we'll actually be awarding all of these at our RCBS day, which is our annual general meeting, but also includes the presentation of these different awards, it's on Friday the 13th of July, if anybody would like to come, all vets and vet nurses are very much invited, so do just check out our website and um, you can be part of this really wonderful day where we celebrate all the work that the profession is doing. So, um, thank you so much for joining us Jade, it's been wonderful to hear about your work.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I then got a chance to talk to Holly Woolard who's one of Buddy's owners along with Christian Kirk, a partner. So Holly, how did you actually meet Jade or hear a street vet? Well,
2: uh, myself and my partner were currently in a hostel uh, with Buddy after his um, first set of surgeries and uh, we were unable to make some of his post-op appointments due to transport issues so um, we actually had contacted the RSPCA and um, I uh, spoke to a very nice guy called Jamie, and I don't know what he did behind the scenes, um, we didn't hear from him very often, but before we knew it, Christian was receiving a phone call from Jade, and she was um, organising to come out and, and see us, and in that time frame between her coming out and um, her first initially calling us, um, Christian had lost his place in the hostel. So. Um, He was outside in a tent with Buddy, actually, the first day that Jade met us, and um, it was a a bit of a sad affair, but there was no judgement, no care, like, you know, she came and sat on the ground with us in the mud, um, her and her other colleague, Abby, and uh, and Buddy thought, oh, I've got new friends today. (laughs) So we all sat in the mud, and, and Buddy showed off, and we had a little play, and Jade went through her bag and she brought out a million toys for Buddy and treats and, um, you know, spoke in her silly, soft, I love dogs voice. And, um, you know, it was it was just from then on. It was just Jade and us, you know, every, everything that we've been through, Jade has been there to help us, not just with Buddy, but with the little things that stress you out every day, you know, that you can't normally cope with. Like, she's... Um, She's been very important to not just Buddy's recovery, but mine and
0: Christian's as well. Mm. Yeah, because Buddy actually was in quite a serious road traffic accident, wasn't he? So was. it requires a lot of follow up work. Um, so how long have you actually now been going through the process with Buddy?
2: So Buddy was hit initially on the twenty seventh of December. It was two days after Christmas, and um, uh, he had to go through an initial like five day waiting around period before he got treated and. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's been about f- five months, literally, and a few days, and we're only just, as you can see, at the point where, you know, we're walking around and putting weight on our leg, and it has been uh, a very, a very slow pe- uh, period of recovery from that first initial accident to here, and. Um, it's not just down to the the work of the professionals, but I think it's the will of the, the animal themselves to want to fight, you know. Not at any point has Buddy given up um, and and just laid down and said enough is enough. He's a young dog, he's, he's full of life and love and, and, and none of this has gotten down. So, it, you know, to us it didn't matter if it was five months or five years, we will spend as much time as we need (laughs) helping him and um, enjoying all the little moments that it brings with it and um, you know it's it's horrible that he got hit but every little thing happens for a reason and without Jade in our life you know I don't know um, where we'd be at the moment or, or the you know the countless of other people that she's helped as well so Everything happens for a reason and I'm very, very glad that Jade Stat is a part of mine and Christian's and Buddy's life and we're forever going to be indebted to her for, for her courage and support and determination not to give up on us.
0: Oh yeah, we've got Buddy on the floor right next to us at the moment and he just looks like the happiest dog eating, eating his own hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's wonderful to see how well he's doing and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us yeah, about you're welcome. it.
2: welcome.